Hey everybody, welcome. This is the second to last show of 2019. Welcome to 62 Who Knew on WeBeam TV uh, in their beautiful studio in Port Ritchie, Florida. And uh, with two weeks to go, we're going to give you two great weeks to end 2019. I want to thank everybody for their continued uh, support of the show. Uh, last two weeks we had repeats uh, for a couple of different reasons, but they were very well watched. Uh, we're still averaging a little over 80,000 viewers uh, per week, per week, per week, per week. Um, but we're shooting for 100,000 tonight and next Monday for our last two shows. So I do want to thank our guests from two weeks ago, almost three weeks ago, and that was Mr. Mark Goldberg and Mr. Bill Comfort, two of the giants of the long-term care uh, insurance world. And, you know, our topics throughout the year uh, have been pretty varied. Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, long-term care insurance, reverse mortgages, health, in-home care. We've done some good things, and we've got more great things coming in 2020. Um, but our four top topics have always been what made our audience grow by thousands, if not tens of thousands, has always been long-term care insurance, reverse mortgages, Alzheimer's, and other types of diseases like that, and in-home care. These types of things, um, along with Medicare and Medicare supplemental policies, seem to be what the 62 Who Knew audience uh, really draws to. So three weeks ago, we had Mark and Bill uh, on, Mark Goldberg and Bill Comfort, and again, it was such a huge success. Uh, we got so many comments afterwards uh, that Mark, has, uh, Mark Goldberg has uh, generously decided or offered to come back, not, for, not really to go over uh, what we did, new products, new this, uh, but Mark has a, uh, quite an insightful point of what this next year is going to be. It's not just a new year, it's the beginning of a new decade. Uh, and it's also not just a new year, it's a presidential election year. And uh, Mark and I have had some discussions, and as always, I always learn when I talk to Mark. Um, he said, you know, tonight, let's not talk product, let's not talk premium, let's talk about some things that are coming in the next decade um, that I think are incredibly relevant, and he's very right. Uh, I'm going to skip the regular synopsis uh, of what 62 Who Knew is. Most of our audience knows that, and I'm only skipping it because I want to get right to Mark. Uh, most of you know what 62 Who Knew is, why we're here. Maybe I'll do it at the end of the show. Uh, but I want to bring Mr. Goldberg in right away because, uh, as I said, uh, speaking to him about what he wants to speak about um, really opened my eyes to some things. So uh, let's bring him on screen, John, and welcome back our favorite guest, Mr. Mark Goldberg, coming to us from Frisco, Texas. What's the weather like there now? It's actually um, warming up again. It was cold, and now all of a sudden they say it's going to be 70 on, Chris on Christmas Day. So. Oh, wow. We're going to be in the 60s. That, that's weird. Well, in Florida, and that's right. We're going to be a little warmer than you, but still, you know, I, I, I still, the romantic in me still misses the white Christmas. But Yeah, me too, all the time. Um, yeah. yeah. But that's, okay. that's enough of it. I don't want to see it turn into the brown Christmas or the yellow Christmas. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. I have a joke for that, but we can't do it on the show. Um, okay. 
you brought up some congratulations on a full year of uh, 62 who knew that's companies. right thank you very much 2019 I mean, is seriously you're on your way when i remember when you started and there was like you know three people in montana or something watching yeah, you your mom a, my sister I'm right. now you got like a six-figure audience <laughs> yeah we're getting there we're, we're five didn't you say it was like 120 some thousand people watched one show or something uh one show i don't know what had happened if it was an accident their computer got stuck on www.webeamtv, uh, but we've been steadily going up. You were on the first show, and uh, we were very, very happy well, with that I, first I show. I feel honored to be associated it, with the show. And, and the reason it. I do, Michael, is because I feel you elevate the conversation. People yeah. can find lots of information online, but mainly it's just pitter-patter for entertainment. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you try to elevate the show. I was listening to you mention some of the more popular topics, but uh, I remember watching you, you had a show from the Weitzman Institute yes. on all kinds of different mm -hmm. um, uh, subjects that sort of talked about the future of our, of our planet, if yeah. you will. You had a show um, on travel mm -hmm. um, with uh, Julie, I remember. Yep. Um, and so, again, you were much more diverse than you sort of indicated in your introduction about what you've accomplished. And frankly, um, uh, in all those programming, there was a level of sophistication. And I don't know if that's a credit to you or a credit to your audience, but but somehow you're attracting the kind of people that seem to like a little bit of depth to yeah. their conversations. And frankly, where do you find that on TV anymore? Yeah, we do just you find the authenticity anymore. <clears throat> I appreciate that. I, your, I your think show is delivering on that. I think it's thanks to um, uh, our guests. I really do. You elevate me. I learn from my guests. I think it is our audience. I have to tell you, I do think it's also uh, Mr. John Gaston, our producer and the founder of We Beam TV. You know, when I say to people in the very beginning, you know, out when I'm having lunch or whatever, you know, I have a TV show. Really, where is it? Oh, on Internet TV or on an independent station. And they go, oh, okay, big deal. And then they come here. Well, then they watch a show and see the quality of it. And they go, wow. That's real. Yeah. So I do think it's a combination of our guests, our audience, and uh, the quality work that we Beam TV I, does. I, I just noticed the evolution of the set too. Yeah, this is the new set. Uh, this is yeah. It's always evolving, and as long as Superman's behind me, I'm happy. John keeps making the entire studio uh, better yeah, and I better. I want to get into technicalities on that one, um, Michael. But from every t TV show I ever saw, the original George Reeves, mm -hmm. it would be better to have Superman in front of you. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's no doubt. You know, only Again, people our age are getting that joke. You and I, you and I have discussed this before. Yes. But I always thought the funniest part of those shows were when the guy would unload his gun into the into Superman, all the bullets would bounce off, and then he'd throw the gun. And then he'd throw like, the gun okay, at him. The yeah. Bullets didn't well, work, so I'll throw the gun. Yeah, at really. The guy. Or try and hit him. Yeah. There's you know? some. Yeah. Th those original shows were incredible. But let's talk about this because again, you. You brought up some things while we were talking that I just went, oh, my. Um, so I'm sort of going to let you take over because, um, because you're, you're so good at this. Tell us what you think this coming year is so unique about and, of course, this decade. And, again, I want this to be more of a discussion you know, than how great long-term care insurance is or reverse mortgages. This is going to be some philosophy that I think our audience is just going to go, oh, my. Well, um, when you were kind enough to invite me back on today, I started to think about, you know, some of the subjects that I thought the audience would like, but more importantly, um, would be insightful to what the uh, 
what the immediate future seems to hold. And I came up with the idea that, um, like, as you said, 2020 is the beginning of a new decade. It's my seventh decade on the hmm. planet and that I'm turning 65 um, this coming year and, and will be eligible for Medicare. Um, and like both of us um, uh, has talked over the, over the course of the year, as you get to this age and our audience is being 62, who knew, um, you start to reflect on all the changes that you've seen and, and you start to sort of draw from the lessons you've learned by being part of life. Mm-hmm. And when you have children and more importantly grandchildren, you start thinking about, you know, what kind of world are they going to be left with and what can you do to help make their way in it just a little bit easier. Um, I am thinking that the coming decade will be the decade of reckoning. This is when the bill is going to come due. And tell, uh, tell us what you mean by that. Yeah, we've been talking, but, but tell us what you mean by that. Well, I think that, that yeah, I'm not trying to, it's not Armageddon or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just that uh, we've all heard about it now for most of our lives, that Medicare, Social Security, and uh, some of the other social um, financial programs in particular are strained. Um, it's a well-known fact that in every state, the single most expensive thing within the state budget is the cost of Medicaid. The single most expensive thing within Medicaid is the cost of long-term care. Um, and so these programs that we've come to depend on that are, you know, that we, that we see as an entitlement um, at this point are strained to their limit. I mean, there's, we borrowed, as we, I think everyone knows, we borrowed the monies out of these, <laughs> these funds, these, mm-hmm. these, where everybody's paid into them and then the Congress has borrowed the money out to use it for other things. We're paying all this interest on it, but the bill's going to come due. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we're going to have to be more creative in how we start to address those issues. Now, that in itself is no, that's not a news event. Everybody knows it's going to come. It's just that we also happen to be going into this new decade at a time when the economy seems to be doing very well. But that has led to a prolonged period of lower interest rates. And so for our audience, the 62 who knew, knew audience, your audience, that has made it more difficult for them to realize any sizable return on all that savings they accumulated. Mm-hmm. And so they have to be more creative. Now, if they're in the market, that's fine until the market turns. Right. And then what? And the, and the and the depressed interest rates have not made it such that, you know, they can't take the risk that they could have when they were younger. So they're forced to be in more conservative um, investments. And and that puts a, a cap on what they can earn. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, uh, inflation being what it is and the, the uh, you know, just the rule of, of life being what it is, um, you know, there's there's a time of coming. One of the things, again, I'm in the insurance business, I guess. So I, I, every time I say that, it's hard for me to <laughs> fathom that I'm in the insurance business. You, know, you, you didn't. That wasn't something you. Nobody grew up saying, "I can't wait to be an insurance agent." Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't go. To, I never said in my life when I was younger, "Can't wait to be a mortgage broker." Never said yeah, that. Right. Those words exactly. never came out of Nobody, my mouth. 
Nobody grows, goes, you know, you want to be a baseball player or yeah. a movie star or something, but you don't grow up saying, and you think, and Woody Allen, we were talking about that earlier, yeah. has a, had a great line. He said, uh, there are a few things in life worse than death, but anybody who spent an hour with a life insurance agent would know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and so, uh, um, again, I, the only reason I justify being in it is that my specialty is LTC, long-term care solutions, not mm-hmm. long-term care insurance, right. solutions for long-term care. And so to me, that's such a exciting niche, ever-changing business that um, I find it much more thrilling than one thinks of when they think of the insurance business. Um, but I, I, do, I do guess we're in an area where, uh, again, uh, this, the senior market, the fastest growing market in the, in the nation, well over 10,000 people a day turning 65, mm-hmm. um, and will continue to be that for another decade, um, is going to still dominate like it has, the, boom, the baby boomer generation, right. the trends and marketing demands of our society. And, um, and you know, again, um, the bill's going to come due, and the other generations are going to have a say in how these monies get utilized. And, um, you know, again, we're, there's going to be some some sort of coming to the to the to the realization that that uh, everybody's going to have to figure out a way to survive. Isn't um, and, you know, isn't isn't this decade the decade they're predicting that Social Security and Medicare runs out? That that's it? Don't we? It. Isn't this it is here now? We're there. We've arrived. And uh, you know, it's like you know, you can you can you can say the same thing about all these other. Um, clauses you hear about but but you know it's been my experience in life that money is money is money and when, when they tell you that the money's run out the money's run out you, yeah you just you can't keep printing more money it, all it does is devalue the money that's out there right so you've got to finally you know again um in the 90s we balanced the budget you can decide who deserves the credit the president at the time or the uh, uh the congress that was mm-hmm. driven by the republicans at the time but whoever you give the credit to one of the ways they, if you look back on it, if the, one of the ways they, they finally balanced that budget was to have some pretty high inflation. That's right. And you had to inflate your way out of it. Well, I don't know about you, but I, I don't know who's a, who's a ready for super inflation. Not yet. Kind to get yeah. ourselves out of this debt because cost of living is so high anyway. And that's the point I was getting to. Less people today have insurance than ever. Not because they don't want to have it, but because they have to make choices. If you're trying to put kids through school and care care of, of parents at home and or in, that need care at a, at a facility or whatever, and at the same time have to carry auto insurance, homeowners insurance, uh, um, uh, God forbid, some life insurance, other, yeah, health insurance, obviously. health insurance, yeah, yeah, um, uh, on and on and on. Uh, it's it puts a huge responsibility on you if you're in that 50 to 64 period where you don't have medicare yet mm-hmm. it's a huge expense on you i i figure i i pay substantial five figures every year just for my insurance yeah just for your premiums yeah way yeah. above frankly way above what the so-called average person average household earns that's right how does the average household do this how do they make these choices mm-hmm. it's terrible and and and, and it's, so it's it's I think that's the um, that's part of this day of 
of or a year of when we sort of come to terms with all this that's got to um, finally be dealt with. Mm-hmm. You can only kick the can down the road so long. Yeah, the ro- it's, it's, we're coming to the end of the road in this decade. Right. And, and again, uh, again, people will tell you that's happening with climate, and people will tell you that, that yeah. that's happening with with um, me- um, different kinds of uh, medical situations and the like, and all kinds of things that we're sort of coming. And I am supremely confident, like every generation and every decade that's come before, that we'll figure out ways because of a, because we live in a, a a society that's driven by capitalism, driven Mm -hmm. by people looking to innovate. We'll find ways to address these problems and advance the ball. But sometimes when it's right upon you and you don't see the answer, it gets scary. Yeah, absolutely. Now you, you mentioned record low rates, which of course in my world, in my other life, in the mortgage world is a good thing. You know, uh, fixed right. rates are in the threes right now, and the whole right. world is refinancing, and that's good right. for me. But most people don't realize, I wouldn't realize if it wasn't for you or, you know, or Bill Comfort or, or uh, you know, all the people that we know or that you've introduced me to, I wouldn't know either. But explain to the 62 Who Knew audience why prolonged low interest rates can have a negative effect on the insurance world. Sometimes people, I mean, I know I didn't get that till you guys taught it to me. Right. So, so the basic rule of insurance is that you have the law of large numbers. If you can get enough people together, then you can predict. Insurance is not predicting the unexpected or the unpredictable. Insurance is putting a price on something that is predictable. Right. But the only way to be able to do that is to have a rule of large numbers. You have to have enough people participating so that the averages work out. Right. And so um, the idea of an insurance company is to put these large group of people together who put premium toward a situation. You can predict what the outcome, the experience is going to be uh, with that. And then you can manage that by putting a price on it so that it allows you to pay all the claims that come in from the policyholders that need to make claims pay for the administration and all the other costs related to offering that product on the market and having a high enough return on investment to be able to um, placate the stockholders or the policyholders mm-hmm. who have a stake in the future of the company. Right. And so no insurance company ever sets out thinking that they're going to spend the money that they reserve for the benefit of their clients. When you pay a premium, about 65%, depending on the policy, but about 65% of the, that money that you pay goes into what they call reserves, which is there to be able to back up the promise that the insurance product makes. Right. And um, uh, that money has to be managed under law in a very conservative way. And so it can only go into grade A bonds and other recognized safe investments. Mm-hmm. And when interest rates are low for a sustained period of time, it limits what the insurance company can earn off that money. And therefore pay and so out. So they have to price the products higher mm-hmm. in order to be able to make enough money off the money so as to never have to touch your money in order to pay 
the claimants. Mm -hmm. And I hope that was understandable by the audience. I hope. They, I, I think, think it is. I, I just. I think a lot of people don't realize. You know, I, again, as a layman, before meeting you and your group of people, you know, I always thought, yeah, you take your premiums. You know, people say this all the time. Uh, insurance is legalized gambling. It's odds. Here's the odds on you having an accident. Here's an odds of you having sick. We're going to yeah, collect a certain it's amount. Casino, it's not the gambler. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Um, but I never really knew until years ago, 10 years ago when I met all of you, that that money, 65% of that money, was taken and being invested, and the return on that investment had a great effect on the future of that, and not just the profit of that insurance company, but the ability to pay when a claim is made. If an insurance company ever has to touch its reserves in order to pay claims, it's defeated the purpose of insurance. why it was formed in the first place. Exactly. And low interest so, rates is, is the devil yeah. when it comes to that. Exactly right. And, and, and also, when you're at an age, 62, who knew, um, <laughs> where you don't have the same 30, 40, 50 years actuarially in front of you, mm -hmm. you, you, you're forced to keep the money in a more conservative investments, which are paying at lower interest rates, so that you can um, uh, deal with the the predictability of those claims that are going to come in the next five or ten years, not 40 or 50 years exactly. down the road. So, well, so, that, so all that has, so as good as it might be for many people to have low interest rates because they can borrow money mm -hmm. for mortgages at a lower rate, like you said, for reverse mortgages or to invest in the stock market, mm -hmm. which is going up at 8, 9, 10% a year. Right. They, 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 so there are plenty of people out there borrowing money at 3 and 4% in order to put it in the stock at 7 or 8% that's right. and living off the spread. Mm -hmm. And that that's exactly how insurance works. That's you right. pay the money in, the insurance company invests it in things that, frankly, the average person can't invest in right. because it demands much bigger uh, segments of, or blocks of money in order to invest in it. And, and, um, and, the, and they live off that spread. So, for example, when you see the big office buildings downtown, Many of them are built with loans from insurance companies. Exactly, most of them that are paying all, out at six, seven, eight percent, mm -hmm. and and again, give you them a much better return. It's not unlike it's not uncommon for uh, insurance companies to take a percentage of the money that they that they don't have to put into a safe investment and put it in things that have yielded traditionally a bit a better return. Things like cranberry farms mm -hmm. or uh, lumber yards. Mm -hmm. Or um, uh, breakthroughs in in the medical profession, right. where you can get a big time return on your money if it works, and that kind of additional spread, which usually requires maybe fifty million dollars minimum to invest in those things, right? Um, uh, get get them returns that are greater than what their expenses are, and that's how they flourish as a company. Mm -hmm. And it's how no they continue to bank. offer a good product at a fair premium. Exactly right. It's no different than a bank that takes a bunch of a bunch of, of depositors, and then starts lending their the lending their depositors money out mm -hmm. for mortgages and everything else at a higher interest rate than what they're they're they're, they're, they're leasing out other people's money. Exactly. And so that's that's how that's how this insurance business works too. So. So again, that's why you go 
lower interest rates are an issue. And that's one of the things that we're facing. Um, you and I were just talking right before we went on the air that that uh, uh, this is an election year coming. Yeah, I, I love this part because a lot of people are going to go, what did he just say? I have a feeling yeah, we, well, have, we might have to repeat this. Well, that's, well, it's the truth. It's an election year. So, again, if, if history is any teacher of what to expect, you, sh you can look back at, on, in uh, the four-year segments and you should know that when it's an election year, very little in the way of solutions are going to actually be implemented. What you're going to have is a bunch of politicians promising the electorate that if they elect them, that's when they'll implement the solutions. So if you want the things like on immigration or on climate change or on um, uh, social, social security. security or these other factors that you've been talking about, they're going to say, well, if you want my part, you're going to have to elect me mm -hmm. in order to get it. So they're not going to be solving the problems. They're going to be they're going to be putting the problems up for discussion. But the premise is, you know, no different than when Nixon said, if you want the Vietnam War to end, you got to reelect me. Yeah. Right. No, it, just, he it ended it, it before. Mm -hmm. But he knew that that was an issue that would have driven the electorate to his what was landslide uh, win right. on, on his reelection. Not that Nixon would and, do anything dishonest. No, no, no. Not the, I am not a lawyer. That's right. Hey, that's good. <laughs> there you go. I haven't been able to do that in 10 years. Thank you for letting me do yeah, that. Have you, can you do a Trump? No, I don't want to do a Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to fix my hair to um, do that. But but again, we just saw evidence that, that that's... I'm not going to get into the politics. I don't care what side of the pol yeah. political uh, spectrum you come down on. I do care the fact that Politicians are politicians, and that's not going to change. That's right. So I don't expect solutions. I expect a whole lot of problems from both sides of the political fence to be be brought up with the promise that if you elect one side or the other, that's where the solution will lie. Yeah, th there's no doubt, and I try to stay um, unbiased when I talk on 62 Who Knew. I don't know how long I'll be able to do that, but I've lasted almost 60 weeks doing that. Uh, on the new podcast that you're going to be a, a part of that starts in January. I'm not sure how we're going to be able to do that politically. But for the time being, again, uh, going right down the center of the aisle, not left, not right, th there's no doubt that since 2016, um, some might even say 2012, um, our country has never been so split between the left and the right. I've never uh, seen. I've never experienced anything like this. Though. Yeah, this is sad. And I, and again, I'm trying to stay in the middle. Uh, I think this has been coming. I think the, the ethics and the morals of this great country, and make no mistake about it, is we're in the roughest shape that we have been in in a long time, ethically and morally. And but we're still the, though, right. It was still the best country in the world. People will still it walk still ten thousand no miles to get here. But no question about yeah, that. But you are right. This twelve months. On both sides, all we're going to hear is about all the incredible problems. That's what we have to look forward to to the next 12 months. But if you elect and my side, have the solution if yeah, you elect. we'll fix it. This is yeah, not we'll going it. to be a good first when, year. When they have proven to us time after time after time that just the opposite is true. Exactly. Isn't that amazing? Amazing and sad. Yeah, it's amazing and sad, but it is... It, 
it is our system. Mm-hmm. And once you understand it, then you make it work for you That's instead right. of being being a victim to it. Right. So. So again, and and again, I want the viewers of sixty two who knew, and I know you want the viewers of sixty two who knew, to have that cutting edge over the rest of the world. Yes, because they take the time to watch your program, they have a fresh perspective, and it doesn't matter if you're uh, a Democrat or a Republican. No, it it, all what matters is that you understand how to best utilize the opportunities that are in front of you, and Absolutely. your show continually brings insight to how people can have a better life by understanding, you know, how to make the most of these opportunities. I appreciate that. You know, I, I forgot to send it to you because that's how we all... I'm sorry, go ahead. The other thing is, you know, again, you've kept people on the cutting edge. You and I ha- had a conversation not too long ago on the, on the show here about all the changes. We live in a time... Um, we got a little technical difficulty there. Mark's a little frozen, or he's just practicing his mannequin modeling, which is very, very famous in France. We're going to fix that up. Um, so let's just give him a minute. But yeah, I'm still, I'm sure he's going to come back on. He probably doesn't know he's frozen. But, um, again, when I think of this next 12 months and I'm not going left or right here, um, God, he hit the nail on the head. Our country is going to hear every serious problem from the sun exploding to the climate to the Mideast situation uh, to interest rates and inflation coming back to Social Security um, running out of money and going bankrupt, Medicare and Medicaid going bankrupt. But if you elect me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this. And we're, you know, I think we're in for a good year in many ways. The economy is doing good. Interest rates are low. People are flourishing. But it's difficult out there still for the man and his family, for mom and dad and the family. It's difficult. Um, so when I say we're doing good, we're doing better. I mean, obviously, 2008 through 2013 were horrendous for most of the country. Uh, and we all are doing better. Housing prices are coming up. Interest rates are low. When people buy houses, that's a good thing. And people are buying houses. People are buying cars at 0% interest rate. Um, but 2020 as Mark so eloquently put, is going to be a year where we don't solve much because the politicians on both sides of the aisle, again, as Mark put it, are just, they are what they are. And they're going to point out the problems, but they really, it would really be political suicide for them to solve any of these deep problems. They might, you know, dabble, you know, like on a fishing rod with bait, uh, those solutions, but it would be political suicide to solve these problems now because we wouldn't need them. So I think this great, great, great country who does not have many good choices for president and hasn't in a very long time on both sides of the aisle, sorry, but I'm saying it, um, is in for a very, very unusual year. And um, I know we're working hard to get Mark back on, but uh, to me it's been a very, very interesting uh, first 35 minutes of the show. I mean, I think it's the first time. You know, we're not talking about a product. We're not talking about a premium. We're not talking about, we're talking about a philosophy of really what goes on in this country and the combination of the baby boomers um, turning 62 to 65 years old at more at 10,000 per day 
um, as, as Mark said in the very beginning of the show, the day of reckoning is coming. Um, we, we have to fix these problems. Um, and they're big problems. They're not problems in the millions or the billions. They're problems in the trillions, which is kind of amazing uh, when you think about it for a country this large. So um, I know we're working hard to get this done, but I want to talk about something I guess I will just for a minute. I know Mark will make a comment on it uh, when he comes back. I was saving this for the last five or ten minutes of the show. Uh, we're going to be discussing this next week as well with Diane. And um, for many, many years I've spoken about, written about, been on TV shows, written for the uh, major publications about the reverse mortgage world and the long-term care insurance world joining together, joining forces. We help the same people. And if these two unbelievable industries and these two industries, long-term care insurance and reverse mortgages, are geared for one thing, longevity, for people to live longer in their home, stay at home, and live longer. And yet, although we talk to each other, people like myself, uh, people like Stephen Sless in the reverse mortgage world, people like Don Graves, um, you know, they are people like... Um, there's many more people <laughs> um, that, that, that do their, their push into the long-term care world. The two industries have never joined forces. They just haven't. You go to a long-term care um, uh, uh, convention or conference, there will be a reverse mortgage speaker. Um, but he's back. Are you back? I can see him. Hello. Can you hear me? I hear you. All You're right. fine. Can you hear me? All right. I'm gonna. I just started to talk, but I'm gonna stop. We talked. We were re, we were rehashing uh, what you were teaching us, and then I didn't know when you were gonna be back, so I started to go into. <coughs> well, uh, I think what happened was the powers to be in Washington must have heard us. Cut the signal. That's what they did. Cut the signal. They cut the signal. There's only so much truth in this world that that can be handled, yep. and as Nicholson would say. They can't handle the truth. They can't handle the truth. No. And uh, thank they God thank God we weren't talking about one specific client um, because I, I actually have plans this weekend and I really have no time to, to, to commit suicide. So, yeah, yeah, I had to right. add that so, in. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah, so. Uh, we don't want. Yeah, so um, I, I'll let it rest at that. Maybe we should change the subject to uh, more germane things. No, I no, we're going to keep really going. I think they like where we were yeah. going. I, I was told, you know, I started to go into the. I never even mentioned it yet, some reverse mortgage, long-term care things, but I only went into it at the very surface, so I want to stop, well, let you continue. I want to start that again in about 10 minutes. But I, I did reiterate again, it, it, it's daunting. I mean, that's the right word. It's daunting to think that in this next 12 months, it would be political suicide for either side of the aisle, I'm not being right. biased, to solve anything. Like you said, oh. that's politicians. Know it. Learn it. Play the system. At, it's unbelievable to think lesson. we have that. Look at the lesson of Elizabeth Warren in just these last couple of months. Mm -hmm. uh, all that time she was growing in the polls, as long as she didn't tell you how she was going to fund the plan. Right. The second she told you how she's going to fund the plan, she sunk. her numbers dropped. Yeah. Because the secret is to not take a side. The second you take a side... You give the opposition all the ammunition they need to say why it won't work. 
I know it's an imperfect system where at the same time it's the best system in the free world, but we got to right. do something about it. And I think part of your decade of reckoning might be something like that. This system has to change. It's a system that is... It has to be improved upon. It it yeah, yeah, it has to be improved upon. Um, Again, because it, 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 it may be a poor system, but it's, it's, it's still better than whatever second. Right, and I know we've also discussed this a few times also. Um, you know, this country is 243 years old. I mean, That's from 17... 17- the outer limits of what most democracies... Oh, claims. absolutely, absolutely. But when you look at the average age of a person being 88, this, pers- this country is less than three people old. And I know yeah. people don't look at it that way, but we are still a young country. We are less than three people old. Uh, you know, so people tend to not look. We still have a lot of mistakes to be made, and we have a lot of growth to do. Um, and God bless the, you know, our forefathers, the Constitution. I mean, it's some incredible stuff. But it was it's made for a few... how viable and flexible and malleable that, that it has been. Well, it has, and has been yeah. able to accomplish yeah. to deal with all this stuff. Exactly. And again, but you you made a good point. I mean, it used to be, even and again, it, it, we talk like the old times were so much better. They weren't. No, everybody they weren't. had issues. Mm-hmm. Everybody, and we certainly have overcome a bunch of issues. Certainly in the area of equality and mm-hmm. and uh, you know just the, the matter of which we live. But. Um, uh, it used to be we could easily disagree, mm-hmm. and yet still shake hands and okay. have a, a you know a, a discussion off the record that mm-hmm. was you know be friends. Uh, yeah. If you now today, you, you're either on one side or you're on the other, and yeah. if you're on the other, then you can't be a friend of mine. Yeah, you're either with me or against me. You're my right, and it's yeah. not like it's, you can just have a an honest agree, disagreement. Very hard, to, even with friends. Let it nowadays. stop at the river's edge. Yeah, it means that you must be wrong about everything else. Then, yeah, it really is sad. I don't know where that came from. I know there are going to be people that say it. You know, it came in the last three years because of a certain leader. I don't think mm-hmm. he helped it, but no, it's been coming for about. Oh, three it's been decades. coming for a lot longer than it's, that. It's been coming for decades. Yeah, the ability. Well, is, actually, not only did he not help it, he saw the advantage. Yeah, to be taken the opportunity. To yes. be taken by by sowing that division. Yes, exactly. And 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 running at it instead of of trying to say no, I'm going to rise above it. You know, he he hey. he made it. Hey, no matter what you think of him, have a, no a, someone to root for, and he, he gave him that. Yeah, hey, no matter what you think of him, he knows how to close the deal, uh, and, and that's he, what yeah, he like, did. This idea that everybody is an idiot or a foolish, nobody gets to these levels of yeah. Yeah, and it's no different, and I'm being unbiased here, it's no different than um, 11 years ago when a certain um, political organizer came up from nowhere, beat Hillary Clinton by pushing hope and change. Um, I'm not insulting the man, but he knew that's what the world wanted, or at least our country, hope and and change. that's the brilliance of these, is to be able to read the tea leaves as to what the world needs. And we seem to like... As a society, yes, we like the outsider, the contrarian, the oh, guy yeah. that's seen. Yeah. I mean, that's how uh, the current president got elected in the first place. He took exactly. full advantage of that. Yeah, he knew it. Um, and and, it, and goes, so I don't know what that bodes for this coming election. Yeah, yeah. Other than um, it tends to be a cycle, and it tends to be something people, um, you know, tend to 
this pendulum tends to swing both ways. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I honestly do not know um, what's going to happen. And that's, frankly, part of the, the what will keep people watching. It's what keeps hundreds of millions of people turning yeah, on you know, Fox, that, CNN, it, it, or whatever. It seems to be a done deal. So it seems to me that, that the audiences have dropped off mm-hmm. and there's not a whole lot of suspense. So uh, you're not, but the election, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's, a, I know. said in 2016, and I still stick with it. Whoever wins, America loses. Uh, yeah. 2020, I have to take it a little deeper. Whoever wins, America's screwed. I don't see yeah, well, any good yeah, options it's here. Be, it's going to be very interesting to see. And again, our system too discourages the best and the brightest. Exactly. From from wanting to come forward, because who wants to deal with any of this? Yeah. Who would want that job? Yeah. I have no idea. As as, as much, I mean, I could be as narcissistic, I guess, as anyone. But but uh, I, don't, I don't like to think of myself that way. But still, I can't understand why anybody would want this job. Yeah, it's not, it yeah. is your family and your and your friends and your you know. Again, I mean, Trump's uh, excuse me, president. Um, uh, uh, family members can't be crazy about it. I'm not talking about the immediate family. I'm talking about his brothers and his Anybody. sisters and his aunts and his uncles. The constant threat. Driven is, in, dra- dragged yeah. into these things. Yeah. And, um, you know, I love when they say he's an egomaniac, which he is, my God. I think if you look well, that I up. I think it almost demands that you have to be, you have to be in to that be. job. Yeah, I want to be the leader of the free world. Really? Yeah. And you don't have an ego? Um, so I don't, yeah. Uh, I think he's put it to a new level. There's no doubt about that. Uh, there's, there's no, and, but, but I think he's, he's taught us all a lesson in doing it. Yeah. He wants to be the leader of the world, not the free world. But so The leader of the free world is a huge responsibility. He seems to relish in it. That's fine. But, you know, I just wish he could be nicer when he does it. But yeah. maybe that's the lesson. Yeah. You know? It, you have to be a of a certain bent, of a certain... Yes killer instinct to have that that again and it used to be that and in way in many ways it was that much more in the past where you really had to when push come to shove be able to uh, be a killer and and move forward i i hate to think that that's what our future is gonna i hope i hope that i mean my dad and i you know we've had this discussion you and i and especially uh, with Peter Gelbwachs, you know, the three of us being Jewish, you know, on a whole, most Jewish people are Democrats. And I became a Republican before I could vote. And I remember saying to my dad, I don't understand, you know, why Jewish people are such firm Democrats. I mean, we live Republican, but we vote Democrat. And my dad and I would have some, some you know, how, you know, how close I was with my dad. You know, so yes. we'd have some good arguments. Um, and, uh, it really did amaze me, though, that... But it was a generational thing, too. That's exact. It was generational, but in Dad's group of people that, quite frankly, were all Jewish, Italian, Greek, um, all different religions, Democrats and Republicans, they could have that discussion, drop F-bombs, you're crazy, and then go, oh, let's go let's out and go have breakfast. Dinner. Yeah, or let's go yeah. to dinner. Um, yeah, we seem exactly to have right. lost that art... Um, the civility of it. The yeah. civility. And I, I do blame, I, God, I sound so old when I say this, I do blame the Internet, specifically Facebook, uh, for a lot of that. I know it's a tremendous tool, um, but we have at least one generation, maybe. Nothing comes without consequences. Yeah, there, there are people and, that and just don't know how to talk to people anymore. Um, it's just amazing. It just and, is amazing. And, it, and it's, I shared with my group, with my agency a few months back, 
that the single most important lesson or the most important skill I don't know if I shared this on your on your show before, but I, if I had it, let me restate it anyway, because I think it's that important. The single most important skill that you need to have to thrive in the twenty in the twenty twenties and on is a specific and detailed plan on how you're going to take in your information. Yeah, because there are too many outlets now that can influence you in too many ways that are completely opposite of what you'll get somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to allow yourself to be influenced by any one of them, left or right, doesn't matter, to an extreme, you're not going to get a real accurate picture of what really is. That's right. And unless you come up with a way to protect yourself from how you take in your information and make sure that you take in that information from enough sources to get a fair or to get a, uh, a more real picture of what's really happening, mm -hmm. you're going to be subjected to being manipulated, brainwashed. Yeah, no, so easily. Uh, is, we won't talk about the generation that's so easily brainwashed because I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to do that yet. We probably will on right. the podcast. But my What's, God, have an independent thought every now and then. Take in an information and then make your own opinion. Don't just believe one or the other. Unbelievable. And, and yet we have been, over the last 10 years in particular, we've been programmed to seek news we want to hear. Yes. Instead of the news that is. Yeah. And... And, and and so as a result, it completely skews the entire picture of, of how we see the world. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, mo I mean, I, again, I watch both Fox and MSNBC. I listen to the BBC and CNN. I, you know, I try to get my news from multiple sources and I make up my own mind as to what really is. But the vast majority of our populations choose a side. Yeah. And, and they, they tune in to the news that they think confirms of what they think is. It, and it's very difficult to then get them to uh, respect anything else you have to say if their viewpoint is the opposite of yours. It's funny that you and, bring up BBC. That has got to find, uh, uh, has to find a new way to... Yeah, it's to, funny that you bring up BBC because um, there are many weeks or months that I'll look back and go... I actually can trust BBC's opinion more than CNN or Fox. Yeah, well, that's not even in our country. Right. It's a, yeah. Yeah, that's why she 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 was born outside the country, so she she seeks out news from outside the country to get a perspective different than we get here. But again, our news organizations are guilty of all this. Um, I I couldn't help but notice again. I I, I watch all sides when these trials these these hearings were going on with the um, impeachment in the house the liberal stations when the when the left when the, I'm sorry when the right would make points that actually that one day when the right actually had a really good day because they were able to show how the FBI had manipulated mm -hmm. information and the like the, the right the, the left wing stations would purposely take breaks yes so that stuff wouldn't get broadcast mm hmm that's not because news. it didn't serve the agenda of their audience. Exactly, and that's that's just sad. They're they're almost reality TV more than their news network. They are reality TV, and I think that's who we have to blame for it. And where did the president come from? A yeah. long history of reality TV. Exactly, and an understanding of what that meant. Because 
I, I think most of your audience knows that there is no such thing as reality TV. That stuff they're watching is scripted. Yeah, I don't understand how they call it reality TV. And, Running and across the world, it. living on an island. It's right. insane. When did, when, did we, when did we become interested in such inane things? Parking meters and uh, storage uh, centers. And, and I mean, it's just crazy to me that I, I don't know. I've never watched any of these programs, but I, I don't understand what the big attraction is to watch you know anything is a reality tv show today yeah well when you got you do have a, the car wash. you do oh, have a generation yeah. spending most of their time on a keyboard looking at a screen because you get overwhelmed yeah it, and, and and finally you just give in yeah you do mentally you give in and that's what and that's what they're counting on yeah that's part that's part of this too yeah. that's part of the lesson of of the current administration too is is there anybody in this country that doesn't have its fill of the daily goings on of our president? Yeah. And and he counts on the fact that by constantly keeping himself in front, you'll just eventually say, who cares anymore? Yeah. And a lot of the country and, has. And that's exactly. And by doing that, that in itself becomes a tool. So anyway, it, we, it, what, what I'm saying is that it's my thought that the check is about to come due. Yes. And we're going to have to finally face up to what all this kicking down the road the um, we've been able to do to this point. Yeah. Because there's, um, it, it can't last forever just simply because of the laws of nature. Yeah, this is our decade. So with a little less than seven minutes left, I'm going to go into um, what I started to go into when we had a little technical difficulty. You know, I have been saying for a decade, and so is Conspiracy theories. Not <laughs> yeah, conspiracy theory. When Washington yeah. cut us off, um, cut us off. Can't yeah. handle. You can't handle the truth. Yeah, yeah you, you can't. Yeah. When, when Warren, when what did he just say? Cut them off. That's it. Um, <laughs> that's enough of that. That's enough of that crap. Uh, yeah. We have been thinking for a very, very long time, and I don't want to just say we like a few of us. There's many people um, in, in both our industries that have said for more than a decade that if the reverse mortgage world and the long-term care insurance world would literally join forces because we deal with the same people. We could put aging in place, which was a very popular saying for a lot of the last decade, um, funding longevity, something else that's a very popular two words. We could have an effect on hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that otherwise think they cannot afford long-term care insurance. I can't write, you know, I'm a little too old for the traditional product. I can't just write a check for a hundred grand uh, for the um, products that you have talked about, the hybrid product, the uh, life insurance, single premium product with a long-term care insurance rider. You know, I, I have good credit, I have equity, I make a good living, but I'm not that liquid. Things are rough out there. And for a decade, uh, a law that was part of HERA the Housing Economic Recovery Act of 2009, uh, brought to Congress by uh, President Bush in late 2008, signed into a, a law by um, President Obama in February of 2009. And it, it had a law in it that I'm not going to go too deep into uh, with five minutes, but our friends in the um, insurance world, reverse mortgage world, and financial planning world uh, know about the infamous Claire McCaskill uh, non-cross-selling law that was written so poorly, the spirit of the law, the spirit of what she wrote was very good. 
no forced tying of products. Insurance people shouldn't be able to use someone's equity just for the sake of selling a product, making a commission. The spirit of the law was there, but it was written with such ambiguous language that even the best attorneys in the country looked at it and went, you know what? I don't know if insurance people should do this. I don't know if they ever should do this. Can you use a reverse mortgage to fund long-term care? Should you not? Is it an investment? Is it an insurance product? And that really has crippled our two industries to a degree of joining forces. Now, yes, I've spoke thanks to you and, and uh, many people, uh, you and Peter specifically, uh, Peter Gelbwax. I have spoken at many long-term care conventions. Uh, like I said, we have uh, uh, some great professionals out there, Don Graves, uh, Stephen Sless. You have uh, the Heckam, uh, the Funding Longevity Task Force um, that are just great people. Um, we're there with you, but not one big carrier, not one big reverse mortgage lender has had basically the ability because of this antiquated law to go, come on, let's use a reverse mortgage to allow senior citizens that need long-term care insurance but simply can't afford it if you're 60 and above. And notice I said 60, not 62. Let's use that mortgage in some way, shape, or form to help them afford the long-term care insurance that we know they're going to need. Well, we now have a product, come hell or high water, in the reverse mortgage world, it is not the FHA-insured HECM. We now have a product that we will be announcing in early January on the show, hopefully with you here and a couple of other people, that in fact a person like yourself, all of your agents across the country, um, will be able to use to say to someone, not let me give you $320 a month to sell an insurance premium, but at best you have an $800 mortgage payment. Can't we just eliminate that mortgage payment so you now can afford this type of insurance? Or you have hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity in your home. You can't afford to write a check for a single premium product. So why don't we do a reverse mortgage for $100,000? you will have no debt service on it while you're alive. Let me be clear. It does have to be paid back upon death. And that's how you can get your life insurance with your long-term care rider. So there's only two minutes left. Um, I know we, you and I have been but talking about this for a decade. Point. You made such a brilliant point, and you, you demonstrated what we were talking about this entire hour. We're going to have to get more creative yes. and more innovative in how we tackle the problems, because one way or the other, the problems are going to fall back on us. Yeah, that's it. We're here. And so we better get creative or else yeah. we're going to go broke. So, so, so yeah, we got a problem. But again, innovation, like you're just talking about, Finding ways to compromise will will bring us to some solutions. Uh, I I saw something was right before this earlier today, but it's called PDFM, and basically what it's saying is that one of the ways the government is trying to address this strain on Social Security and Medicare and everything else is to get tighter about how they interpret what's actually covered, and so. The next thing you know is you think you've had coverage for this when really it's only on that. Mm -hmm. and, and then you don't come to learn that until you find yourself in the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, again, people, are, people think that, okay, I'm on Medicare now. All my health insurance is going to be taken care of. Well, 
not so much anymore. That's it's, right. It's, and so you end up needing to supplement it. There are 13 states right now because the, the federal government hasn't been able to do anything about the long-term care problem who have come up with their own programs internally within their state and put sales tax in place or uh, revenue, you know, um, revenue tax or some other tax in place right. to to try to address it. But they're very Fifty dollars a day. What's mm -hmm. that going to do for someone if they need care? Yeah. What What is that going right. to do? It'll get them dinner dollars. So, from Outback. We have about yeah, fifteen yeah. seconds left. So first, let me thank oh, Michael, you. Michael, Happy New Year to happy you New and to your audience. Happy Hanukkah. Um, happy Hanukkah. Happy Merry Christmas. Thank you for everything um, you've done for this show. Everything else is politically correct or incorrect. Although I can't very, stand very Vermont. And all that other stuff. See everybody next week with Diane Daniels. Thank you so much, Walk. Thank you, Michael. Talk to you soon.